Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For Henley Completed Homes. Now selling in Micklem and Officer. Henley.com.au Australia versus the West Indies on SEN Test Cricket. The Isuzu D-Max and MUX. Go your own way. And for Trojan Tools. Tools built tough with a lifetime guarantee. Day two from Adelaide Oval. Australia will resume at three for 330. It was day three in Perth when we spoke with Todd Greenberg, the chief executive of the Australian Cricketers Association. We did speak at length around the Dave Warner hearing with the clock ticking. Uh, the clock expired rather spectacularly in the last 36 hours. Uh, Todd, great to have you back on SEN Test Cricket. Thanks, Jared. I think the clock has more than expired. I think it blew up a couple of days ago, so very disappointing. Did Dave Warner have any alternative, in your view, other than to abandon his appeal? I, I don't think he had any alternative. In fact, I think uh, it was probably the only decision he could make, um, particularly as he's preparing for a test match. Um, you know, I've made this point to you, and you're aware of this. We raised this, the ACA raised this much, much earlier in the year, back in February, in the hope that it could be addressed in the off-season and for David to be forced into a position on the eve of a test match, I don't think serves him well, uh, his family well. It certainly doesn't serve the team well, and I'd suggest it doesn't serve Australian cricket well. So uh, I see this as a significantly missed opportunity for the game, a missed opportunity for cricket, and uh, a really significant missed opportunity for the BBL. He felt clear anger in what he conveyed. Uh, What do you feel? What emotion do you associate to the the collapse of a nine-month process? Oh, I think it'd be a fair understatement for me to say that we're not unbelievably frustrated. That's the overarching emotion I feel. feel very frustrated, not just for David and his family, but also for his teammates, who I know are really annoyed around this process Then it's been allowed to drag into the middle of the test summer. That's something that's you know frustrated a lot of us. And look, our request at the beginning of this was pretty simple. Um, it was just simply to have a look at Dave's suspension and ask it for, to be reviewed in consideration of the manner of which he served Australian cricket over the last four years. And what we got instead was a very convoluted process that somehow arrived at a media event that wanted to rake over ground that Dave had already, well, first of all, it acknowledged his guilt for, it had shown significant remorse for it, and it already paid a heavy price for it. So, you know, it was a significant departure from the way in which the application we thought should be dealt with under the Code of Conduct. There are questions around how and why did that happen. Can can you pinpoint where you think it went wrong? Well, Jared, I think there's sort of three key points I'd make there. One is the moment Cricket Australia outsourced the review, in, in my view, they lost control of that process. And I appreciate there are complexities with codes of conduct and I understand that there is a level of detail, but it is fact that once it was outsourced, the process was lost, control. Uh, the second point I'd make is the code of a conduct amendments that have been introduced by Cricket Australia were that 
the review would be conducted privately unless there was a very good reason for it not to be. And there's nothing that's remarkable about that at all. It's how every code of conduct hearing has been conducted from the very beginning. So why the panel decided that the issue needed to be a public hearing after both Cricket Australia and David agreed that the matter be held privately is beyond me and I think lacks a real level of common sense. And I suppose the third and final point that I'd make is that the Code of Conduct amendments were designed for the review application not to be an appeal of the original offence. It was certainly nothing like that. It was to be a forward-looking process about remorse and rehabilitation. And the process became a long way removed from one in which David agreed to participate. Um, and and that's, that's ultimately where we landed. So that's why I don't think David had much choice but to do what he did. And to use your words that you used yesterday, Jared, it seems wretchedly unfair. It, it seems that it's spelled out in that code of conduct document. Now, you, you'll be able to correct me if this is not quite right that a hearing of an application is not a de novo review of the offence. So it can't be heard from the beginning and it can't be heard anew. Am I right in reading this that somewhere along the way the independent panel has actually seized control and ignored the parameters that they were bound by? Yep, I think that's a pretty good summary. And, you know, the the irony is not lost on any of us that effectively in the end where we got to about asking for the changes we were asking and Cricket Australia agreed with us so I think there was frustration at all levels. So how did Cricket Australia, so Nick Hockley is going to join me at the tea break so I'm, I, forgive me if I sound like I'm asking you to answer the questions that he needs to answer mm. but how did Cricket Australia not shut that down? Well I suppose that's probably the first question for Nick. Um you know, the conversations we had, and, and it took a long time to get here, was that the Board of Cricket Australia resolved that this should be dealt with by an independent panel. Um, and, and their questions for Nick and the Board on, on why that was important. Um, and again, I appreciate complexities of codes of conduct, but ultimately governing bodies are designed to govern. And on this occasion, my view is that the moment that it was outsourced to this independent panel, uh, control was lost. And thus, we've ended up in a position that we sit here today. And, you know, I'd, I'd make this point, Jared, and I think it's important that we make this point. The, the ultimate opportunity for leadership is actually quite self-deprecating for David. It's actually never been about him. And I want to make that point really clearly today. It wasn't about him. It hasn't been about him. It was about using his experiences in the game to help and shape others. The reality is that Dave's in the twilight of what's been an amazing career. He's on the verge of joining an illustrious club of players who play 100 test matches for their country. And he's had an incredible and rich career. And people can learn significantly from his experiences. You know, in the ACA's view, continuing the leadership ban ignores the ability of human beings to learn from mistakes and make changes. It denies Australian cricket the opportunity to benefit from his experience. So I think while Dave's name is front and centre of all these things, um, the basis of our submission, the basis of this whole concept of leadership is about his ability to give back to Australian cricket. And, you know, for all of us, you and me included, life's not a straight line. We all learn lessons throughout. And he's got lessons that have been the making of him as a person. And that could have been such a contribution to the game. And that's where I'm frustrated and disappointed that that won't have the ability to happen now.
Is there a risk that Warner walks away, do you think, from Australian cricket, such as the, the disenchantment that's, that he clearly feels? Oh, look, I don't think so. Um, I think Dave is happy now that he's at least got an answer on it. Um, um, uh, albeit he had to make that decision for himself. Um, so, you know, as I said, it, this was about Dave providing an opportunity to give back to others. Um, so I think he's still got a wonderful career ahead of him. I know he's at the back end of that and hopefully he can continue to play for a bit longer yet. But whilst he's frustrated and disappointed, um, when the show moves on, um, and, and that's important for people to know, he'll knuckle down and he'll get on with what he's paid to do, which is to play cricket for his country. So it can't be salvaged? Is this, a, is this lost, do you think? Oh, look, I don't think anyone, let alone Dave and his family, has an appetite to drag this out more than it already has. So... I think there's a clear full stop on the end of this one. Okay. So that, yeah, by outsourcing it, Cricket Australia lost the capacity as a board to sit and make their own decision, which, so they've almost tied themselves in knots that that would be the, uh, that would seem to make the most sense, but maybe that made the most sense right at the start and was sidestepped. Yeah. And as I said to you, Jared, the hard part to reconcile in all of this is that Cricket Australia will agree with a lot of my comments. Um, the frustration is the process that was established has failed us and the outcome is a loss for the game. I think that's the ultimate frustration, yeah. So to tap into yesterday, Todd, is Warner spoke really bluntly around a public lynching. Was there a public lynching yesterday anyway? Um, in some respect, you could probably say there was. I mean, you've got to understand the lens that David looks at it through. You know, he's He's been through a lot over his career. He and his family have been through a lot. And a lot of that's been very difficult. Um, and, and David's been the first to admit he made a serious error of judgment. Um, and he took ownership of his conduct. He never tried to minimise it or trivialise it. Um, but I think he's learnt over time the expectations of leadership and the risks that are associated with it. And I think since his return to international cricket, he's represented his country with absolute distinction. So, again, I... I, I say the same thing. It's such a missed opportunity because there will be young cricketers in the BBL who would shine from learning some of the examples that David has been through. Um, you know, there are great learnings that come from making mistakes. Um, he's able to share those. Um, there are very few people in Australian cricket, I think, who would better understand the consequences of their own actions than David. Um, and there was an opportunity here for us to use that for greater good. Uh, and that opportunity has now passed us by. Todd, in the, in the flashing anger of yesterday came the old allegation that the whole dressing room knew. It came from Warner's management. Did the whole dressing room know, to your knowledge? Well, I, I heard those comments from James Erskine yesterday. Um, I can't speak to any of that. I don't know, to be fair. Um, I know James is a very passionate advocate for those who represents and he's long been an advocate for players more broadly, and, and he's got every right to be upset with how that matter was handled. But in saying that, I was, certainly wasn't around at that time. I was likely dealing with something salacious at the time in my previous job, probably. But I do know that on the back of the events in South Africa, um, the Cricket Australia did establish a culture review, and that included the introduction of an ethics commission, and they set a new course of leadership and oversight with the Australian Cricket Council. So, look, I, I don't personally think that it's helpful for any of us to look backwards. Um, I think we've done that already way too much. My focus has very much been future-facing um, to try to make a positive difference. And in some respect, um, 
that's probably been lost in the last 24 hours and I hope we can start looking forward rather than backwards. So could you see any benefit whatsoever into a public hearing to lay the details bare? I would see zero um, uh, impact and uh, positivity to come out of anything like that. I think that opportunity was had or, or could have been had in 2018. Um, but we're now in 2022 and to, to rake over it again, I think would be a waste of time, energy and resources. Do you think for this player group, for those who live the legacy of it, that this will remain the unexploded grenade throughout all of their days? Just wondering if uh, if it will ever go off? No, look, it, I hope not. Um, but as I said before, you know, people make mistakes through their careers um, and pe- other people will lay in judgment of those mistakes. But ultimately, you judge by not so much the mistake, but how you respond from it. And, you know, our players deserve enormous credit for coming back the way they have. And I'm talking about a whole pile of them, not just Dave here. Steve Smith is captaining his country at the moment in this test match. And, you know, our players paid a significant price for mistakes they made. Um, but we've moved on, and, and I hope others can move on. We saw this, <laughs> uh, interestingly, as an opportunity to move on. It's actually come back and smacked us right back in the face again. If you went back nine months ago, would you embark on the same process with Warner or has the, the toll of it been such that that you would concede it wasn't worth it? Well, uh, I certainly didn't think nine months ago that it would take this long um, and nor did I think that it would be placed in the hands of independent decision-making. Uh, I had hoped, maybe naively, that um, the question around leadership would be decided by the governing body who originally took the leadership away. Um, but sadly, nine months on, and through the benefit of hindsight, uh, we, we may never have asked the question if we knew what this the answer would have looked like. Yeah. Todd, we'll, we'll be broader in our, our chat next week, but I did want to ask you, um, in, in light of Ricky Ponting's scare last week, uh, it seemed as though you were putting together an initiative... Uh, for health checks for the for former Australian players, is, uh, if that's developed, what can you tell us about what's happening behind the scenes there? Yeah, definitely happy to talk to you about this at the next Test match. Um, and look, it's no secret in the last 12 months we've lost some of our greatest Australian cricketers through heart issues. And we're very conscious that many of our members and former players are uh, they're in age groups that are vulnerable to issues like this. So, um, And we're reminded again, as you just mentioned there last week, uh, of, of Ricky. So um, I'm really pleased that we'll shortly be rolling out a heart ass- assessment program for every single one of our past players. Um, and all of this will be paid for and funded by the current players. It's a very, very important initiative. It's a, it's a first, I understand, uh, in cricket uh, and one that I hope will genuinely save some lives in the future. So... Um, I'm happy to expand on that when, when we chat next, but it's a it's a great opportunity for a lot of our player, former players to get themselves checked and, and, and the current players will pick up the tab for that. Hey, well, actually, let, let me ask you about that. Now. How like how much, how have you come to this? Is this um, the desire of the current day player to, uh, to have a legacy of care for those who went before them? Give, give us an idea into the, the motivation and, and the, the dedication toward it. Well, it's sort of twofold, Jared. First of all, absolutely, the current players understand who dug the well, and you know, our current players enjoy, you know, significant remuneration and conditions of which 
have been dug by those that come before them. So there's nothing more certain than the sun will come up tomorrow that every one of our current players knows that one day they'll be a former player. So um, it's really important that we create programs that look after our former players. And, you know, we've seen in, as I said, recent months with the loss of Rod Marsh and, you know, Darren Lehman had a heart attack and had some heart health issues. So we saw this as an opportunity to make a genuine contribution. So it'll be conducted in every state. Uh, we'll have a dedicated resource where our player, our player members can simply log on and book an appointment. Um, and, you know, it'll include blood pressure, BMI checks, pathology tests, um, you know, those sorts of things to give them some clarity and some comfort that the health's in the right space. And obviously, if we identify a problem, uh, we will follow that up with their own uh, GPs. But I think it's a it's a proactive step and an important step for us as we demonstrate the level of care we have for our former players and past players. That's a, it's a lovely gesture at a time where we would had been talking about friction between the current and the past players, uh, that there's that pastoral care aspect from the younger to the older. That, that's a lovely synergy in Australian cricket. It is, yeah. It's not lost on us. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things happening in that space. You know, um, our players have recently just purchased nearly 200 AEDs. Uh, for those who don't know what an AED is, a defibrillator that sits at community career grounds. And we went out to, to grassroots participation and offered them the opportunity that the, player, the current group would pay for an AED to be installed at their community ground. And um, we partnered with one of the Wiggles, Greg Page, to, to do an initiative. And we actually are just about to put in 200 of them, if you can believe it, around the country. And that will genuinely save lives, not just of young cricketers around the country, but probably other sports will benefit from that as well. And it's just a, a good example where, as I said, the players enjoy a revenue share model. They enjoy good remuneration and benefits as a modern-day cricketer, but that didn't come by chance. It came because those who played before them um, set that up and hopefully it's a, it's a give-back philosophy, not just now, but into the future for the OCA. Terrific, Todd. Great to have you with us today on SEN Test Cricket. Thanks a lot and we'll talk again next week. No problem, Jared. Nice to chat. Cheers. Todd Greenberg is the Chief Executive of the Australian Cricketers Association. So a, a nine-month process that's uh, exploded spectacularly in the last 36 hours and that reflection is... If, if he'd known how it was going to end for Warner, they wouldn't have even asked the question in the first place. The, the toll for Warner and just the outsourcing of responsibility from Cricket Australia, where the control of the process was conceded and ended up coming back counter to the guidelines that actually are supposed to govern these hearings. So it's a most curious scenario, which I know a lot of you are, are passionate about. There's any number of texts, 0433981116. Happy to take some calls, given this is an elongated pre-match. 1-300-736-736. Now you've heard the perspective of the ACA, and Nick Hockley is going to join me during the dinner break, the Chief Executive of Cricket Australia. 1-300-736-736. Pat Cummins, the Australian captain, is going to join us shortly as well. The pre-game show is for Isuzu D-Max and MUX and for Trojan Tools Built Tough. Our experts right throughout our coverage for Anaconda. Hit summer for six with Anaconda's 10% price beat guarantee.